If you feel like your business is drowning in inefficiencies, it might be time to decode the problem and break it down by the numbers. Let's start with 37,000. That's the vast community of business owners who've embraced NetSuite. 25, that's the number of years that NetSuite has been revolutionizing financial workflows and accelerating success. Which brings us to one. NetSuite offers tailored solutions, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Unlock the power of NetSuite today. Download our acclaimed KPI checklist for free. Just head to netsuite.com slash cbs. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Tonight in America, tensions rising. Mass protests spread to more than 140 cities across the country. Most like these, peaceful. But in some overnight clashes, protesters are seriously wounded and multiple police officers shot. Historic curfews. After a night of looting, New York City imposes its strictest curfew in 70 years. The state's governor had sharp words for the mayor and law enforcement. You have 38,000 NYPD. Use the police, protect property and people. Civil rights investigation. Minnesota will look into the policies, procedures and practices of the Minneapolis Police Department over the last decade. For the second straight day, the president is denounced by religious leaders. After visiting the National Shrine, Washington's archbishop calls the visit baffling and reprehensible. Plus, one day after tear gas was used on protesters ahead of a photo op, Joe Biden delivers a blistering speech. If he opened it, he could have learned something. And tonight, an update on the story of a Minneapolis restaurant owner whose business was burned to the ground the overwhelming show of support and what he plans to do to help his community. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news. Americans are in the streets tonight demanding justice after the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. From Houston, where up to 60,000 people marched late this afternoon, to New York City Hall, it has been a day of peaceful protests. The concern is what will happen when night falls. Tonight, major cities have put in place strict new curfews. In D.C., people have been told to be home by 7 p.m., while in parts of New York City, cars are banned and people have been ordered off the streets by 8 p.m. The crackdown comes after violent clashes between protesters and police overnight that left officers and demonstrators seriously injured and saw the military on the ground and hovering overhead in Washington. With emotions at a boiling point, tonight the state of Minnesota has filed a civil rights charges against the Minneapolis Police Department. And six officers have been arrested in Atlanta after tasing two students and dragging them from their car over the weekend. And while many Americans observe Blackout Tuesday today, pausing their work for a moment of reflection, President Trump turned to Twitter, offering himself congratulations for using, quote, overwhelming force in the nation's capital overnight. Well, there's a lot of news to cover tonight, and our correspondents are standing by across the country. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is going to lead off our coverage tonight from here in Washington. Chris. Nora, you cannot miss the National Guard on D.C. streets. But here, just outside the White House, what you can't miss is this growing crowd of peaceful protesters. This is a larger crowd than we saw yesterday. And keep in mind, we are just minutes away from that D.C. curfew. Violators could face arrest. 
A seventh day of protests nationwide brought no rest for those demanding change. Thousands filling the streets from New York to Los Angeles. In George Floyd's hometown of Houston, crowds gathered at City Hall. I feel like this can definitely make a change because there are people of all races and colors out here. In Washington, a huge peaceful demonstration back outside the White House as controversy swirls over Monday night's use of force. That's a flashbang. All right, so we are just minutes away from D.C. 7 o'clock curfew. You heard the flashbang. That is an attempt to clear the crowd out. Troubling video shot by WJLA-TV shows officers roughing up an Australian news crew, prompting calls for an investigation by the prime minister. And overnight, this bizarre scene, a military medevac helicopter hovering low over a crowd as if to literally blow them away. About 100 demonstrators avoided arrest for violating D.C.'s curfew by rushing into this home at the invitation of its owner. I flung open the door and just started grabbing people and just saying, get in. It was, I mean, they were decimating the crowd here that was doing nothing. They were looking for a fight. In Minneapolis, where Floyd died in police custody, the night passed peacefully. Today, Minnesota's governor announced the filing of a civil rights lawsuit against the city police department. If this is not an inflection point to change that, this will come back again if it's not addressed. Six Atlanta police officers are now facing assault charges after tasing a college student and pulling another out of a car window during a traffic stop Saturday. And police became targets in several cities. A Las Vegas police officer is on life support after being shot in the head. A driver hit this NYPD officer and took off in the Bronx, and four St. Louis officers were shot amid unrest. Thank God they're alive. But I, I, you, you, can we make some sense out of this? They're done shooting us. But there are signs of healing the divide. Police marched with demonstrators in Indianapolis. And in Phoenix, knelt as a symbol of solidarity. Also mourning. Today, the mother of Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna, spoke through tears. I want justice for him because he was good. No matter what anybody thinks. One big change overnight. Now, between the demonstrators here in the White House, Lafayette Park, there is now an eight-foot fence that has been put up. The Secret Service has closed roads around the White House to vehicle traffic. And with this curfew looming, the crowd is still gathering. Nora? Chris Van Cleve in Washington tonight. Thank you. Tonight, President Trump is taking credit for what he calls the domination of D.C. streets by police and military forces. Earlier, he made another visit to a prominent place of worship and for a second straight day drew a sharp rebuke from religious leaders. CBS's Paula Reed is at the White House tonight. Paula? Nora, those religious leaders accused the president of using houses of worship for photo opportunities while not addressing the larger social justice concerns that have set off protests across the country. President Trump was met with more protests on his only outing of the day to a Washington shrine honoring Pope John Paul II. Archbishop Wilton Gregory issued a rare public rebuke of the visit. Citing last night's use of force to clear protesters, he called it baffling and reprehensible that any Catholic facility would allow itself to be so egregiously misused. President Trump praised last night's overwhelming force and domination releasing a campaign-style video of his widely criticized walk across Lafayette Park for a picture in front of St. John's Church while holding a Bible. 
CBS News has learned the president wanted to make the visit as a show of strength after reports that he was hiding in a bunker during Friday's protests. Attorney General Bill Barr, who was seen inspecting the police line, helped devise the plan. Today, the Reverend George Gilbert stood in the same spot and blasted the removal of demonstrators using stun guns, pepper balls, and smoke canisters. We stand today outraged with President Trump's use of the military against peaceful protesters. Former Democratic presidential contender Cory Booker said he was sorry he wasn't there. If Donald Trump wants to gas someone next time, start right here. If he wants to shoot somebody with our federal officials with rubber bullets, start right here. The president has flooded Washington, D.C. with over 2,500 National Guard to bolster security around the White House. And the administration is considering deploying additional resources to states like Oregon, where they feel the protests have not been adequately controlled. According to the New York Times, the Justice Department considered taking over the D.C. Police Department, but did not follow through. Several hundred active-duty military personnel called up by the president are staging outside the city. Today, former President George W. Bush issued his first comments on the death of George Floyd. He said that he was anguished by that video, but he also said that he believes it is a strength when protesters protected by responsible law enforcement can march to a better future. Nora. Paula Reed at the White House, thank you. Well, tonight, new curfew orders are in effect in the nation's largest city. More than 700 people were arrested in New York City Monday night during an outbreak of widespread looting. Macy's world-famous flagship store was among dozens that were overrun, prompting criticism today from New York's governor. CBS's Jerika Duncan was on the street when the chaos erupted, and tonight she's in Times Square. Jerika? Yeah, good evening, Nora. You can see there's hundreds of protesters behind me right now. But when you think about the history of that curfew, the last time there was a curfew enacted like that was back in 1943 during the race riots in Harlem, New York. Police say they are prepared for the protest tonight. And protesters I spoke to say they will not stop until their voices are heard. In the heart of Manhattan, we watched as dozens gathered, breaking windows, and then explosions dispersed that crowd. But elsewhere, looters seemed to have free reign, no law enforcement in sight. This is crazy. We're the cops. Scenes like that throughout the city yesterday left New York's governor fuming. It was a disgrace. Use the police. You have 38,000 NYPD. The president is calling on the National Guard to intervene. New York City's mayor says no way. Someone needs a history lesson. When outside armed forces go into communities, no good comes of it. Today, we ask those protesting peacefully through the streets of New York if they feel safe. Are they going to protect us? Are they going to push the people? Are they going to hit us with rubber, rubber bullets? Like, what are we going to expect, you know? I think they just see me as my race. I think they see me as a threat. Different cities are taking different approaches. In Philadelphia, police are using aggressive tactics to break up some protests, while just across the river in Camden, New Jersey, a more subtle approach. You have to meet with people in the absence of crisis. Camden County Police Captain Zakeem James marching highly visible. People have a right to be angry and be angry at the police. Um, we haven't always stood up to um, our models uh, to protect and serve. 
This is a tense moment in our country right now. Directly behind me, you can see there are a group of doctors and nurses here. I spoke to one of them. She says after being on the front lines of COVID-19, she's here today because she said racism is a public health crisis. Nora? And a public health threat, no doubt. Jerika, thank you. After staying close to home for months during the pandemic, today Joe Biden went to Philadelphia to address the anger over the death of George Floyd and to blast President Trump for, in Biden's words, turning the country into a battlefield. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Speaking outside his home state of Delaware for the first time since March, former Vice President Joe Biden today invoked the final words of George Floyd. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Biden has spoken with Floyd's family and is making plans to attend his funeral, according to a family attorney. With the nation reeling over his death, Biden sees an opening. The country is crying out for leadership. And he's looking to reset a campaign grounded by the coronavirus. Ask every American, look at where we are now and think anew. Is this who we are? Is this who we want to be? A new CBS News poll out today finds Biden leads President Trump nationally. But when asked about Biden's response to events for the past week, many Americans say they haven't heard enough to say. Just this week, Biden prayed with African-American leaders and visited the site of a protest. Today, he rebuked Mr. Trump's decision to use the Bible as a prop outside St. John's Church. If he opened it, he could have learned something. The president claims he's making inroads with African-American voters, today saying he had done more than any president since Lincoln. But Biden believes his strong standing with the black community gives him an advantage in this crisis. I'll seek to heal the racial wounds that have long plagued our country, not use them for political gain. Responding to what President Trump said about his success with the black community, Biden supporter and South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn, the most senior black lawmaker in the House, called the president's remarks, quote, absolutely just downright stupid. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Five miles north of the Minneapolis intersection where George Floyd died is the neighborhood of Hawthorne. The National Guard was sent there in the summer of 1967 when young African-Americans rebelled against an unjust power structure. Fifty-three years later, spiritual wounds remain. So tonight, CBS's Jamie Ucas introduces us to a pastor there who's praying for change and keeping the faith. In the Hawthorne neighborhood of North Minneapolis, the summer blossoms and quaint porches hide the layers of inequality. Pastor Edwin Williams Sanctuary Church has been on a mission for unity for 12 years. Do you think racism is deeply rooted in Minnesota? Of course, of course. It's, it's deeply rooted in America. When you run into somebody in the community and they're angry, it's because every single thing that has been set into place that we're told is supposed to help us, is working against us. Here, 35% of the community lives below the federal poverty level. 40% are unemployed. The neighborhood has seen unrest before. In 2015, protesters demanded justice for the death of 24-year-old Jamar Clark, who was shot and killed by police. This can't be another Band-Aid put on this thing. Like, this is a real opportunity to actually change the system. And if the system can't be changed, then we need to tear the system down. I get it. Sammy McDowell owns Sammy's Avenue Eatery. How do you feel? I feel exhausted for our community. The cafe and other stores have signs in their windows that say black owned business, 
reminiscent of black business owners in Detroit doing the same during the 1967 riots. As fires ripped through this weekend, McDowell feared he could lose everything. Still, he sided with protesters. A lot of people don't feel like they're destroying their community. They feel like um, people are angry. And a lot of people get so angry when they hit a wall. This stuff can be replaced. But human life can't. It can't. So that's why, to me, there's, not, there's no justice for George. Pastor Williams sees hope in the protest. I, I'm grateful for people who, for whom the goal is not just to be a good person, but to actually be about equity and justice and equality, because it takes more than simply you being nice to me for us to fix what's broken in our country right now. Jamie Ukas, CBS News, Minneapolis. Tonight, the director of the NIH warns that the summer heat is unlikely to stop the spread of coronavirus. Dr. Francis Collins says COVID-19 is different from other viruses, and our lack of immunity means it will continue its spread. Here's CBS's Maria Villarreal. As demonstrations spread across the country, so do coronavirus concerns. COVID-19 testing sites have been proactively shut down in Los Angeles and Chicago. Whether you are out there for legitimate and righteous reason or for some other, you have put yourself at risk. Chicago Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwadi expects the city to hit 50,000 corona cases in the next few weeks, which is why they continue to push people to wear their masks. This progress is fragile at best. One of the most insidious things about this virus is it has the potential to spread even among people who do not have symptoms. <coughs> Ongoing protests in Washington, D.C. could delay their phased reopening. The Army says four companies lead the race to develop a vaccine with an end-of-the-year goal, a dose of hope at a moment when the country needs it most. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Dallas. While we've seen violence and looting this week, we've also seen the power of community and hope, including for a restaurant owner who saw his life's work destroyed. But as CBS's Jeff Begay's reports, that man's story has taken an unbelievable turn. KB Bala is a firefighter and a paramedic. But last week, he was the one who needed rescuing when we met him at his Minneapolis restaurant where he'd sunk his life savings. Looters had destroyed the place days before it was set to open. They even tried to steal his safe while he was there. We worked so hard the game. So hard. Shortly before we aired a story about his restaurant that night, his family set up a GoFundMe account with a goal of raising $25,000 to rebuild. Then things got even worse. Over here. The very next day, an arsonist burned the building his restaurant was in to the ground. It's up in flames. Did you feel like... I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. Oh, definitely. That ran through my mind so many times, like, what's next? But people he didn't even know were pitching in to help. Remember that GoFundMe account? The money was piling up fast. And now, four days later, there's more than a million dollars in there. Incredible. Incredible. Just the love and the support on how many people that have been reaching out that are willing to help, you know, it just showed that we're going to be okay. We're going to come back stronger than it was before. KB said he wants to put the money into a new building and plans to start a nonprofit to help the community. Jeff Begay's CBS News, Minneapolis. We're going to continue to follow that story for you. 
On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, a new generation of civil rights leaders talks about their hopes for the future. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.